I'm glad you chose to join us today. It's May 9, 2021. And today's title is Remaining in the Love. It's a continuation, actually, from Jesus' sermon on uh, the vineyard and being connected to the vine. We are picking up a John chapter 15, and I'll be starting at verse 9. It goes as follows. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's command and remained in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be, be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants. Because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I've learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I have chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you have given us uh, uh, the command to stay connected to you. And you were talking about uh, instructing us, your disciples, to love one another. And we demonstrate this love for you in this way that we are obedient to you. So Father, I just ask that you would use uh, these words, you'd use the text, the passage of scripture, to speak your words of truth into our lives. May it be so, in Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we visited the first part of the grapevine illustration Jesus was using as a teaching point. The emphasis was on being was being connected to Christ. For he said that you are the branches, we are the branches, and that he is the vine. To be fruitful, one must stay connected to the life that comes from this vine, Jesus Christ. This week, the emphasis on keeping that connection. Jesus said, now remain in my love. <laughs> He also gives us a scale of how much we are connected to Christ. He says, if you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father, that's what he said, remain in my love. As I was looking for pictures of love for, to help illustrate the topic, I was amazed at how many times uh, they were all, they were central in nature. <laughs> but that's not the love Jesus is describing. The love Jesus is describing is the love between himself and his heavenly father, God. A sacrificial love. A love that has been shown through obedience. Jesus is telling his followers to love each other with that kind of love. With that mindset, and if you are a follower of Christ, you are connected to the vine of Christ. Then hear these words. 
As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Demonstrating that love is practicing what the Apostle Paul called the fruit of the Spirit, found in Galatians 22-24. He says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Then he goes on to say, against these things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ, Paul says, have crucified the sinful natures with its passions and desires. We generalize this kind of love uh, universally to mean uh, uh, we love those all around us, which I believe is correct, but it's not just far-sightedness. Jesus is addressing his disciples to, this, to demonstrate that love to one another as well showing sacrificial love to the fellow Christ followers. And we are to do that today. What would that look like, showing sacrificial love to the Christ followers you rub shoulders with? Just take a second to think about it. We do not think the connection between love and obedience as going hand in hand. But that's exactly what Christ is telling us. But it makes sense, doesn't it? When we are motivated to do what is right out of love, it is performed with a positive attitude, a willingness to perform not out of obligation or fear, but out of thankfulness and love. After one of our famous potlucks here at church, <laughs> The children were outside playing, and a few dads, I include myself in this, were watching from inside from the big picture window facing the yard. <laughs> the kids didn't know we were watching. But as we watched the kids interact with one another, and they were trying to do different things to, uh, what do I say, uh, to be creative, as they were watched, several opportunities uh, arose and each child tried to stand out trying to do something just a little bit different as us fathers were watching uh, the father whose child that was taking lead uh, would take over the commentary <laughs> as we watched uh, we would say oh oh look she found the garden hose she's trying to figure out if she should turn it on or not oh 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 Oh, she's thinking about it. Woo. That was close. <laughs> she didn't do it. Good girl. I was scared there for a minute. <laughs> One of the watching dads uh, came to me later with this thought. He was trying to explain to me the joy he felt after seeing his son make the choice to do what was right. It could have easily gone the other way. But he chose to do what was right. He chose not to break the rules. Then he transitioned to how God must feel about us when faced with the choice of being obedient or to go our own way. The joy that God must experience when we choose to honor him by making the right choice.
being obedient. Jesus said, if you obey my command, you will remain in my love. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Lord, help us to love one another with this sacrificial love that you demonstrated. Verse 11 explains the benefit of such actions. So that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. <laughs> Christ's joy. Jesus is saying that by performing his love to those around you, one can experience his joy. The kind of joy that gives a feeling of wholeness, completeness. A spiritual high, if you will. Often demonstrating the act of love to one another. Sounds strange to go the extra mile in a culture that tries to do as little as possible. In a culture where uh, little is done without being a reward in it. A reward for their efforts. <laughs> the theme of employers today is that it's hard to find someone who is willing to do a day's work. <laughs> Not so. For those who perform their task out of joy, receive from doing it for the Lord. A taste of this joy is experienced by the world as they practice this giving through their charitable gifts, donations, <laughs> such as Disaster Relief, Red Cross, Cancer Institute, and the likes. Afterward, they say it makes them feel good, but it doesn't last, does it? It is only a fraction of what Christ wants to offer. When the world gives out of the generosity of their hearts or because of peer pressure, which does happen, the joy is short-lived. In running terminology, it's a sprint. The joy Christ is talking about is his joy. It is designed for the long haul. Because of Christ's spirit in us, we are fitted for the marathon race of life. Moving on, I have spent several sermons expressing Christ's demonstration of this love. Willing to die on the cross for our sins. So I'm transitioning to where Christ calls us, excuse me, where Christ calls those who are willing to live in Christ-likeness friends. Not servants or slaves, but friends. You are my friends, Christ tells us, if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. <laughs> the English translations all, and I read them all that I could get my hands on, felt awkward. So I'm going to give you a tarnished Pastor John Hardeman translation. If you are willing to keep my commands by following what I say, you are my friends, fellow workers in the kingdom of God. <laughs> the end of that translation. Christ can say this because he made known to his disciples what he was doing, which included what God's will is. Uh, we, you and I, have the big picture laid out for us. 
how he would be handed over to the authorities, how that was predicted and it came true, mistreated, died on the cross, and then the resurrection. We do not have every detail about the future, though. But we know how earth will be destroyed, how it will end, and how Christ followers will have eternal life through Christ. It's all spelled out in his word. Then Jesus talks about how his disciples were chosen. <laughs> in turn, how we are chosen. How many of us in uh, our current secular jobs, uh, how we felt when we were chosen. It's just an illustration. Singled out. And then we took the job. <laughs> My kids went to man a school in Manzanola, Colorado for a few years. It was a tiny town of less than 500. And every sporting event my child participated in. They were first string. Pretty impressive, right? There was a lot of peer pressure for my kids to join. But that's their story to tell. But Kathy and I would attend all of the games. Actually, it was a community of community event, and almost all were in attendance. <laughs> and if they were unable to attend because of age or hospital or whatever, they would ask how their team did. Even the away events was well attended. While I was watching one of these games the transportation supervisor came up behind me and asked me why I don't drive a bus. Drive a bus just for the teens. He told me, he, you, you come anyway, don't you? You might as well get paid for it, and the school district will be willing to pay for it, all the training. And another little bonus it was only less than a block away from where we were living in the parsonage. <laughs> and then we got to Quincy and I looked out the backyard and boom, transportation department was right there. Who knew that I would love driving bus and to think it all started when someone singled me out during a ball game. I want you to imagine you hearing Christ's voice like the disciples did 2,000 years ago. Listen, close your eyes if you will. Friends, friends, you are called. I have chosen you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you. Now think about it. How does that make you feel? This is the capstone of the vineyard sermon. Feel Jesus' eyes on you as you hear him speaking. You did not choose me, but I chose and appointed you to bear fruit, fruit that will last. Jesus chose you for a purpose. He chose you to bear fruit. Last week, he told us how, by staying connected to him, to Jesus. This week, he's saying, now stay connected and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then Jesus said, Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. 
asking the Father, and he will give you whatever you ask is another sermon for another time. But to be, but to be and fruitful is a choice to remain in Christ. This decision is best demonstrated by keeping his command to love each other. Many have tried to capture the essence of this message, but John Samus comes pretty close, in my opinion, with these words from Trust and Obey. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. What we do, excuse me, while we do his will, he abides with us still and with all who will trust and obey. We never can prove the delights of his love until all on the altar we lay. For the favor he shows and the joy he bestows are for them who will trust and obey. Then in fellowship sweet we will sit at his feet or we'll walk by his side in the way. We'll do what he's, we will do, we Oh, excuse me. What he says we will do and where he sends we will go. Never fear, only trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Will you pray with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, you showed us how to stay connected by being connected to you. And now you just tell us just to stay connected. And then you tell us to Love one another, and by doing this, we are being obedient to you. So, Father, I just ask that as we open up the Word of God, we will uh, search for ways to be obedient and to love one another. But most importantly, that we would learn the art of staying connected to the vine, connected to Jesus. May it be so. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 John 3, 16 and 18 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Till next week, God bless you. Bye.